0: Welcome to episode 82 of the 301 Outlet Podcast. The full gang is here. The Fantastic Four is back into the Deshaun Watson suspension. Just, just have a real quick...
1: I'll start it off because I'm going to be very, very brief. Okay, go ahead. Well, y'all, stop with the fake outrage. Stop being surprised when people show you who they are. Time and time again. Why are you acting surprised? Why are you acting shocked? Why are you acting like you really? I mean, of course you're mad about it. Why are you acting shocked? Seriously. There, there's 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 no point in wasting your breath, regurgitating the same things. We do this at least every six months, it seems like. So that's all I got to say.
2: What I'm going to say is if, I mean, the NFL is is appealing this, but if this stands, then it's kind of messed up how sexual assault is punished less than gambling and weed. But, hey, that would be further proof that the NFL don't care about women. Otherwise, Dan Snyder would have been gone.
3: All I gotta say about this, honestly, at this point, free Calvin Ridley. But yeah, NFL day, they, they did what I predicted. They pulled the PR stunt and they're gonna appeal the six-game suspension, which was honestly too light. And now um, you know, now Gridell is stepping in, uh, he's letting the um NFL, I believe, uh, I'm not sure what it's called, the NFL P A. Um, I forgot what part of the NFL that's called though they're going to handle the rest of that um investigation they're, they're going to be the ones to you know determine um whether um how long Deshaun Watson is punished separate from the judge uh Sue L. Robinson made her decision but now the NFL is going to follow up and you know they pretty much they're going to make an example out of this but we all know how the NFL really feels about you know, like women in general and how they handle like sexual uh, like sexual assault and domestic violence cases in the past so it, it doesn't shock me at this point but yeah, it's, it's a PR stunt at this point from the NFL, like appealing that suspension. Yeah, whether it's genuine
4: or not.
0: Like I said, I'm just going to round up Darian's point. Don't be surprised when people show you the patterns of what they really are because we have multiple people coming up and, you know, they're seeing their own experiences and everything correlates most likely. It's true. So, yeah. <laughs> That's not because we did the first recording. We kind of went deep into it today. I'm just not to talk about that. And then we have a few different added topics that we're gonna probably dive into because you know stuff happens every day. It's been two days since we recorded the first So it's gonna be fun. Um Bill Russell. Bill Russell passed away on this past Sunday, July 31st, 2022. rest in peace to a legend and a legend that his impact went way beyond basketball. You know, it went beyond the sport, it went into culture, it went into how even history itself. So I wanted to see y'all own perspective on Bill Russell and where do you feel like he stands in not only the NBA hierarchy, but just in the hierarchy of just Black, the Black history of the Black men.
1: Bill Russell is the he is the he is the og to everything he succeeded in probably the most racist of of city of sports cities even today boston has to be the most racist sports city in america i mean we all, we, we always hear the horror stories from Black people about what they hear from their own fans in Boston, like people that have played for the Boston teams or visitors. It got to a point um, Detroit Tigers outf- outfielder Tory Hunter, whenever he was up for a, for a free agency, he said, the one team I will never go to is the Boston Red Sox, because of how bad the fans treated him go back to way back in the fifties from 56 to 60 to uh to uh 69 was when uh bill russell was playing for the boston celtics 13 seasons he wins 11 rings he could not he could he could not sweep in the, he could not eat in the same restaurants as, as uh, his teammates. He couldn't sweep in the same hotels, you know, drinking the same water fountains. He had to deal with so much. And for him, you know, he was right there, you know, in the civil rights move, move, movement. He was the first black coach to coach in any professional major professional sport in the country my father considered him you know the black jackie not black jackie saying black jackie robinson jackie robinson was black but the basketball version of jackie robinson because of how groundbreaking he was and even before bill russell died people people disrespected how great he was because they see that he won 11 rings and they say, Oh, well, you were beating plumbers and milkmen. You wasn't really playing against playing against real athletes and yada, yada, yada. When it was just a, it was a totally different NBA at the time that he was playing. And he really laid the foundation, you know, that, Wilt Chamberlain had moved forward, that Dr. J had moved forward, that eventually went to Magic and Larry, that Michael Jordan ascended to a whole nother level. And then here you have Kobe, T-Mac, and Vince that took it up there. And then here's LeBron, and now, now Steph Curry, and now you got the Lucas, Giannis, Joel, and Beads. You know, Bill Russell started all of that. And I think people just need to really understand that. And it really just goes further than just the NBA. It goes further than basketball. It goes further than everything that we just see on the surface. Bill Russell was an inspiration to many, man. And, and also, like, John Thompson, the... uh old coach of georgetown who just passed away in 20 um 2020 he learned so much from bill and playing with those celtic teams when he was when he was with them and he took that he took that winning style of basketball and he brought it to georgetown
2: Like the the man was a winner. He was the textbook definition of winner. He won in high school. I don't think he, I don't think there was a year when he was at UCLA where they didn't win the national championship. Then he, he goes to the he NBA.
1: He went to the university he, of uh, San Francisco, Karima. i Oh, sorry, San but, Francisco,
2: San Francisco won a couple of titles there. And then he goes to the Celtics 13 years. 11 championships this man did it like this man did it all and the and the most special thing about him was like darian said he faced a lot of racism he faced a lot of racist but every single time even in his own city he looked at like he heard the racist comments he saw the racist gestures and all the messages and and got all the hate mail and all it did was just drive him to be better. Like, like he was the best at turning a negative into a positive, and he was a shining example of no matter how hard people try to bring you down, the only one that can actually succeed in doing that is you. So rest in peace to an absolute legend, Bill Russell. The, the game lost a great one on Sunday.
3: Yeah, the piggyback of what y'all said, it's not just what Bill Russell did in basketball. We can talk, like, he's known mainly for uh, basketball, like, his 11 rings, and as much as he accomplished in the NBA and as a, a player coach, uh, two championships as a player coach, an Olympic gold medalist, but, like, um, Evan and Darian was saying, everything outside of basketball, like, um, just the, you know, the negative, like, bigotry he was dealing with during the time, during the era where, like, America was really segregated. He um, was really... If you really want to compare, like all time greats, when it comes to just like the African Americans, what they accomplished, he was in the same, you know, um, eras like with, up there with Muhammad Ali, uh, Jackie Robinson, just like the stuff they had to deal with in their own sports. And Bill Russell, um, really definitely was like down to earth. No matter like what he was dealing with, he was like he would talk to you, he would uh, you know, have a conversation with you, and he was still like honestly, he would still show you love, and you respect to him, and just him as a human being outside of a player, but as a human being it's just like just sad to see him go and the nba finals is just going to hit different moving forward because we literally just saw um you know every year it's like a tradition for the nba for bill russell to be there by that trophy because he like really personified that trophy with everything he's accomplished in the nba you know from back in the day and just the nba finals now is really going to feel different without bill russell so rest in peace to a legend for sure and yeah it's going to hit different now moving forward
4: All right. Yeah,
0: my opinion on Bill Russell. Like I said, a legacy that goes beyond the sport of basketball that just goes into just the history of the black man. He was the true OG. You know, he was playing back in the civil rights times when I know he probably, he probably saw some nasty stuff, probably endured some real disgusting racism. And the fact that he was still such a great player really um,
4: says a lot. Oh, on, my camera started tripping.
0: Okay, I'm back. Yeah, just how he he was able to still be so great and so excellent and be basically the ultimate winner when it comes to, the, to just the history of American team sports is just insane, man. And people try to clown him and say, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he played the competition not in front of him, man. And he won. He won at a very, very elite level. Like, he was at the top level, and he was the ultimate winner. And inspired a whole generation of players, probably even still inspires players today, because if he played today, he probably would have been seen more as the greatest defensive player of all time. But Russell's defense was survived. It was next level. It was truly something that was just incredible. So... All props, all love. We're giving him his flowers. I was giving him his flowers before he died. Rest in peace to the legend. Prayers to his family, his friends. You know, It's, all, it's a blessing to live to 88. It's a blessing to live that long, man. I hope I live that long. Because I can only imagine the stories that Bill Russell had, the stories he probably had, and the tales that he probably could tell, man. I can just imagine sitting down talking with him was probably be just amazing. Because it was just like probably pure basketball mind, basketball historian, because he's seen all, almost every era of the NBA. So just imagine, there'll probably be certain things that only Bill Russell would be able to give you answers to. So, but definitely, <clears throat> he will be missed. The finals will not be the same without him. And like I said, prayers up to his loved ones. He's in a better place now. And will it be to him?
4: Let's move on to the next one.
0: And everybody can talk about some more things. Are we gonna talk about some news came out? Yes, also, he's not the only one that died. Broadcasting lesson Vin Scully passes away in 90. That shocked me. I was like, whoa, I was gonna loss of words.
1: Vin Scully is the greatest broadcaster, sports broadcaster of all time. He, the thing that makes watching baseball so great is the voices behind the game and how they can get you engaged in it. I know my, one of my favorite MLB broadcasters when I would watch games was Curt Schilling because when you listen to Curt Schilling, he, He's teaching and it's not a way of teaching that will put you to sleep. It's kind of something where it's just like, wow, this is cool. I never looked at it that way. And then he's bringing and then he's bringing it into his game and all that other stuff. Vince Scully would sit here and he would be telling a story like Mark could be up to bat. And Ben Scully will sit here and tell a story about how Mark would, when he was eight years old, was attacked by a bobcat and barely got away with with um with um his life and go into grave detail about it and would not miss a pitch. He, he would not miss a play. He knew how to keep the audience engaged. He knew it was, it was, it was literally like you're sitting on the sofa and your Vin Scully sitting right next to you, just talking about the game. Sixty-seven years as the Brooklyn Dodgers and Los Angeles Dodgers announcer, longer than anyone ever. He has seen everything from Jackie Robinson, all the way to Clayton Kershaw. Everything, man. And 94, again, like 88 is a blessing. Ben Ben Scully is, he is the standard. There will never be a broadcaster like him again. And they don't make broadcasters like him anymore and that's in all sports they don't make him like that so rest in peace to Vince Scully man.
2: Vince Scully like Darian said an absolute legend and he was he was that perfect pace of like never too high never too low like he he, he wouldn't give you like Gus Johnson type enthusiasm like oh it's gone on. He he wouldn't do that but also he wouldn't like also he wouldn't lull you to sleep because like every time because he he like Darian said told stories a lot with with batters and pitchers and other other players and coaches that we might find interesting he even told stories about himself so you'd always want to watch like you'd always want to watch the game like for, like, just to see what he has to say. If not, to see what, see how the Dodgers do, to hear what he has to say. So there's also that. And the, the most impressive thing about Vince Scully to me, 67 years in the game of baseball, and every single time the game changed, which was a lot, he went with it. Like he he never complained, he never went on, he never went on a rant. He just understood that's the way this business works. And he was able to roll with it every single time. And honestly, I keep remembering, so I keep remembering that when my Nats lost to the Dodgers in, I believe it was the 20, yeah, 2016 playoffs. The one thing that was consoling me throughout throughout the rest of that, like throughout that winter, was for that brief moment, at least Vin Scully was happy. And to see him just like to see him as part of like included in the Dodgers 2020 World Series festivities, to see him included in that really brought a tear to my eye. And as a Maryland fan, I gotta bring this up too in closing all like Vin Scully's career started with a last minute like with him doing commentary pretty much last minute as a story he told at a college football game at Fenway Park between the Boston University Terriers who oh by the way don't have football anymore and the Maryland Terrapins so the fact that one of my favorite teams one one of the teams that I root for gave Vin Scully the Vin Scully, his start, is just breathtaking to think about. So, rest in peace to an absolute ledger.
3: Yeah, um, the piggyback on what y'all said, Vin Scully, um, when you look back at um, those old vintage Dodgers games, like that voice you heard when, like, the big plays happened, like, that was his voice. Like, he really um, made a mark of, like, just being the voice in the MLB, um, Vin Scully, and not only um, did he uh, just like broadcast a lot of um, MLB games but I believe he uh broadcasted a couple 49ers games in the NFL if I'm not mistaken some of those uh old ventures 49ers games you heard his voice too so that's even more impressive learning that because I uh, just learned that recently but yeah and it what makes uh, Ben Scully what makes his legacy even more impressive it'll be times when Ben Scully would have to like do a whole broadcast by himself. And knowing like knowing production and everything TV production that's definitely not easy. So the fact that he was able like just to you know willing to broadcast like do a whole like just play call by himself it goes shows his love for the game and his dedication and just his true genuine like love for like just the game of baseball and he just always wanted to bring the entertainment to the fans and keep the fans engaged. And so Vince Scully was definitely like a one of a kind, and it won't be another one like him at all. So rest in peace to a legend.
0: That's nah. a piece of a legend One of the greatest broadcasting voices We've ever heard Man that's, This is the type of stuff that makes you think Like you just appreciate life Because You never know where you're going to go You know We've seen people die that we thought would live forever That we would never You know The thought of them passing really never Hit our mind. So appreciating everything they did, you know, not letting the memories die, not letting their legacies die, and continuing on and just giving glory to God for every day, you know. Every day you get to get up in the morning and you get to, you know, chase your dreams or just be living and breathing. And even if it means you're going through a rough time, at least you're alive, man. Because if you're living, you still have a chance. There's always an opportunity if you're ready to push. So that's on that. Now, we finally have an update when it comes to Brittany Griner. But it's not the best of news. And it's caused a real spark on social media. You know, there's a lot of outcry for it, which is rightfully deserved. So I wanted to get you guys' take on the update that she received nine years in Russian prison. Over if I'm not mistaken, weed THC, right?
3: Yeah, just like she oil It was a vape cartridge. Yeah, That's vape all park, it, was. Yeah. it was. Which makes it even more ridiculous. Yeah. It was like literally like less, only like point. It wasn't gram. even a gram. It wasn't even yeah. a gram. It was
0: like 0.7, and,
3: 0.8. You know, But like I knew this was going to happen because even like Brittany Griner said she was prepared for the worst after she, you know, even asked for mercy from the Russian, uh, you know, from the Russian judge and everything, she apologized for her mistake. Um, like she apparently she didn't even know she even had it in her, her uh bag, but that doesn't matter. Russia they're gonna like they don't care about any of that. It's a banned substance in the country and and like uh you know, laws are different in different parts of the world. And unfortunately she's they're making an example out of her. And to me, I think it's not it's not even about even like the vape cartridge at this point. It's just more about the United States sending, you know, uh I mean the Russia sending the United States a message, honestly, with just everything going on. Just saying, OK, we have a popular you know, American figure over there, you know, somebody of like, you know, somebody of importance that's like has like a lot of, you know, like a, a big platform. So it's like basically Russia got one up on the United States. And so but we really it's really going to be a tricky situation because we really don't know much. And honestly, we're really like lucky to even get this much information out of like, you know, this whole case, knowing how confidential Russia wants to keep things and this information. So it's really more uh it's kind of like crazy like how all this information got out so you just got to be careful how you speak on it but yeah it, it's a serious situation and it's going to come down to like whether like the united states apparently it really is really more a, a situation between the U.S. government and the russian government now uh, to the point when it comes to like a prisoner swap at this point and yeah man it really is not even an unfair like prisoner swap though because like Apparently the uh the prisoners that Russia is asking for they're like they committed um like a believe like a murder, for murder or something like that mm, yeah like actual yeah like you're trying to they, make, make Brittany like Grinder like, yeah, like seem like she's like a kingpin like she was moving bricks to coke for somebody so it, it's crazy it's fucked up honestly it really is it's kind of scary because like Brittany Grinder's been fully cooperative throughout all of this but you know Russia ain't going light on her man like they just. Wonder, like, they're really probably, like, thriving off this, honestly. And, yeah, man, seeing those images and just videos of Brittany Griner walking in and out the courtroom each time, man, it's kind of, like, just unsettling. And you just gotta, like, n- you, like, wonder how her loved ones are feeling knowing that you have a loved one who's getting, like, punished for something, you know, like, for something that light and like, just out where nowhere And, like, you know, in, in, now, in, like, a foreign country and they might not even come home in, like, a whole decade. So, yeah, man, just have to just you know, keep praying for Brandy Griner and just hope, like, something can, like, happen and she can learn from this and hopefully she can just be back in the U.S. soon no matter what come, when it comes down to. But, yeah, man, Russia, they ain't playing fair, though. But I knew it was going to happen, man. It's unfortunate, though, it really is because there's, like, a, a lot of other Americans, like, it's other Americans who, like, were going through the same thing who aren't athletes but just, you know, they got locked up, like, caught up in some stuff in a form, you know, a foreign ground like Russia and Russia just basically capitalized on that. Yeah, and she already got uh, shown um, that she was wrongfully detained, too. So they probably knew, you know, it was Brandy Grinder. They're going to search her more. And yeah, man, you got to like know how to move when you're around, especially your known figure. You got to move much smarter. But yeah, the punishment is like really excessive, man. Free Brandy Grinder, bro. Huh?
4: Um,
0: Darian, Evan, I got anything you want to say on that that part?
1: I got it. Go ahead, Evan. Go ahead. I'm going, I'm
2: going. All right. So what frustrates me about the Brittany Griner situation is neither side sees her as a human. Like, because Russia only sees her as a leverage, like as leverage that they have over America that's all that's all they see her as because for them let's face it it was never about the weed it was never about the weed otherwise they wouldn't have gave her nine years because it's like yeah she broke the law but i feel like they gave her that harsh sentence on purpose for this very reason and then you look at how america views her and i've said it before on this podcast i'll say it again Brittany Griner is all three of the things America hates the most. She's black, she is a woman, and she is gay. The only reason America even cares is because she's a celebrity. That's the, that's the only reason Joe Biden even cares about this.
3: That's a good point.
2: So that, that, that's, like, that's what frustrates me about this. But long story short, Britney Griner don't deserve to be rotting in a Russian prison, nobody does. Free
1: Brittany Griner. I'm going to just say what I said earlier in uh, the group chat and that was just like as much as we say that this is BS, that this is wrong number one, she broke the law um, it's uh, obviously it's different there than it is here so again, number one, she broke the law. Um, it's one of the more ridiculous things that you can go to jail for, which is possession of weed, and the fact that she was getting on a plane. They were going to say, "Oh, well, you're you you trying you trying to you trying to push some." and they used this is the same thing that they used to do in America before they just recently
4: you know became more lenient on it but what i will say on
1: just how i feel about it is yes Nine years is ridiculously crazy. But she did have to face some type of punishment. I just think nine years in prison is egregious for that. But again, I'm not, this isn't, this isn't Russia. And not to mention she's American, a black female gay American that also happens to be a famous professional basketball player. Russia and America aren't the best of friends. Maybe this would be different if this was Britain or Canada, France. Maybe it would be different. Hell, maybe it'd be different if it was like Japan or something. But This tells me two things. Number one, for the people who say that they get tired of this country and they want to go somewhere else and they would be so much happier somewhere else. I'm going to paraphrase something that someone on uh, I Am Athlete said and said that the best devil is the one that you know. The scariest devil is the one that you don't know. At least you know what you can and cannot get away with here in in America. You don't know what you can and can't get away with in somewhere like China or Russia.
3: That's a good point, actually, especially in those areas.
1: Number number two is like this is another thing that uh that a athlete because. Amon Schumpert just got arrested for, for um for um having like a half ounce of weed. Mm-hmm. Um oh, was it six ounces of weed? It was, it was six, six ounces. ounces. It was six, yeah. yeah. So, so Amon yeah. Schumpert just got arrested for having six ounces of weed at a tech at a, a Texas airport. Montrez Harrell just got arrested for having three pounds of weed in the back of his car, you know, got pulled over in in uh, in, uh Kentucky. And then you look at this thing with Brittany, with Brittany Griner, and I don't want to say that she was being irresponsible. I think what she had said was uh, she was rushing to get to the airport, and she just didn't know that it was that that it was that it was in there. And it's just like you have to be so much more careful and responsible. When not just as an American in a foreign country, but an American athlete, an American just like it's like yeah, especially as an American athlete when you have so much to lose, you know, it sucks, you know. I I hope that she can get back soon. One thing that I did hear is that with her getting this sentence and her being in jail for nine you know getting the sentence of being in jail for nine years blah 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 you know the United States can and Russia can really get in the talks about a prisoner swap and maybe then we'll really see some movement but We'll see as time goes on, but it's like my heart hurts for her family. My heart hurts for her. My heart hurts for her friends and, and and every and everybody. But I just there's always so much sympathy and empathy that I can that I can feel for real for real.
3: Yeah, it's a huge lesson learned for sure, just for everybody, honestly. Like, don't go around trying to, like, smuggle anything anywhere because Tia, is not even worth it for, <laughs> like, just, just don't. Like, even if it's by mistake, just make, just check yourself, man. That's all. Just double-check everything, man, especially if you're going in foreign ground. That's the lesson Yeah,
0: learned. yeah. It's like, you <sighs> see the situation happen over and over and over again with American athletes. And it's like Darian said, you gotta watch yourself you going to these four countries, bro. You got to, because you have no idea what you're really walking. Through. Like I said, America now we have a perception now to the rest of the world that we're trying to police the world, and there's some countries that don't like that. And already USA and Russia don't have good history and they're not really on good terms and it's like okay you're going to that place you gotta be careful you gotta be ten toes down you gotta be on your P's and Q's to a higher level than even normally normal P. so the situation is very very unfortunate the ruling is very very harsh but unfortunately that's, that's just how it is you know there's people that's been on social media saying oh they want to proclaim for change I'm like bro there's some things in this world that you just simply cannot change by just talking about it. The history between you and the United States and Russia and how the relationship is strained and how things are just not, they're not buddy buddy French handshake and everything. It's just like that all goes into it. You know, we don't really talk much about politics on the 301 Hour Podcast but in this situation it, it, it plays heavily. Like this is something that's on such a deep level, this is only the beginning. We're nowhere near finished. And like they said, we'll probably more see some more traction when they talk about a prisoner swap. You know, they're okay, you guys from Brittany Griner, you guys give us a few guys. So that's probably when we're going to receive traction, definitely, because this thing has been dragging on for months already as it is. And this is even before the official ruling. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. Prayers to her family. Prayers to her. Hopefully she comes home soon. The situation gets patched up. It gets situated. It gets all good because we already got enough problems here in America as it is. We don't need to add this to the bucket list. Like, we we got monkeypox. Monkeypox is going crazy. You know, you got California declaring state of emergency. We're probably headed towards another lockdown. So, we 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 already got a lot that's going. You know, inflation is a bastard. Everything's more expensive now. Jobs don't want to pay more to do the inflationary. So some people got to work two three jobs just to keep food on the table and the lights on and the bills paid. So it's 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 a lot going on in America right now. As you know, three one hour week international. We got people listening from all over the world, and we appreciate that love for real for real. But yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. This guy stay played up. And you know, if you're somebody that's a public figure, an American public figure, you're going to a foreign country, especially foreign countries that's not in the best relationship with America, gotta be on your Ps and Q's, gotta make sure you're good, gotta move smart, and don't get caught up in some crazy stuff. That's really all I gotta so We're seeing too many examples of it. And hopefully this is kind of like a wake up call to be like, man traveling abroad, be smarter, move smarter. Because like Darian said, at least here you know what you can do and what you can get away with and the parameters how to work under the law. You're not going to know that when you're going to afford it. That's all I have to say on that. Ready to move on to the next topic. I'm pretty sure it's the MOB. Yes, the MOB trade debt. this is not my expertise. I'm going to let the
1: all right, all right, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Evan, Evan, are you okay? Evan, you there? How you feeling, bro?
3: Yeah, I'm happy you're here for this one, bro. I'm yeah. kind of happy we got the re-record for this, because I really want to hear what you have, you know, your expertise on this, Evan, as like a Nats fan, coming directly from a Nationals fan, and us knowing you. So this is probably, you're probably going to speak on this the best. So how you feeling, Evan, with just, of course, the news, the Juan Soto news to San Diego, which... To me, I saw coming. but how are you feeling right now, down that it's like a reality?
2: I did not want to talk about this, but apparently God hates me and my team, so I have to.
3: (laughs) I'm dead. You know what? You know what?
1: I've been having to talk about that. There was a point where uh, I had to deal with the Lakers, man. This, is, this, this, is, this isn't too bad. Well, it's bad. This is bad. This is very bad.
3: Me, me wearing Phillies gear ain't making it any better. I just realized that, bro. Because <laughs> the similar shit happened with Harper.
1: All I have to say before Evan really delves into this
4: is I don't understand it. You have Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer,
1: Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon. You let all five of them walk. All five walk. You just win the World Series in 2019. You have this big, beautiful stadium right across the Frederick Douglass Bridge in Navy Yard, charging an arm and a leg just to sit in the outfield to watch this BS. And the atmosphere isn't that great. I mean, I love Nats games. I like going, but it's not... The best. It ain't like, you know, driving 35 minutes north to go to to go to Camden Yards. So it's so it's just
4: it's just like
1: why? Why put your fans through this? Why put the city through this? You had you had the rare opportunity. To have not one, but two generational talents and Bryce Harper and Juan Soto. You let Bryce Harper walk for, for nothing. You got nothing back. And then you just trade Juan Soto. You got a pretty nice fall back. But for Bryce Harper, you got absolutely nothing. And then let's also talk about how you have the best second baseman in baseball. And Trey Turner, who wanted, who like Bryce and Juan, wanted to stay in DC, and you let and you trade him away to the fucking Dodgers, and then you have a Hall of Fame pitcher, the one of the greatest pitchers of our generation. Him and Justin Verlander's one and two,
4: and you just trade him away.
1: Granted, I I, I I I understand him. I mean, because he's 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 older, but you had Soto, Turner, Harper, and Rendon in their prime, and you let them walk. The Nats fans do not deserve this. The city of DC does not deserve this. It seems like just slowly but surely. Every team in Washington D.C. is becoming irrelevant. Because look at the Commanders. They used to be. They used to be the the talk of the town. Now, if, now, if anything, if their names are being brought up, there's laughter right after it. They're 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 jokes. The Wizards stink.
4: The Capitals are. They're
1: okay and then now you have the nationals man it's just this is just ridiculous but that's all i got
3: to say i was trying not to laugh
2: <laughs> first of all I, I find it kind of weird how the commanders paid Terry McLaurin and everybody just forgot about it that's number 1 number 2 i feel like the Juan Soto trade hurts it hurts like holy hell but the only solace i find is it's better than than letting him walk for nothing plus under the like plus under the new ownership which is definitely going to be here by the time his contract is up maybe he likes them enough to give us a second chance so there could be that but yeah shit sucks shit sucks and what makes it even worse is Him and Josh Bell was the only people we moved. Like, I was expecting a whole lot of like like other like other like lesser known players to get traded. Cesar Hernandez, Michael Franco, Eric Fetty, and all of them. I was expecting those to be the ones, the ones to go, but I just don't know, man. Like, maybe, maybe the prospects hit, and I feel like a lot of them will, especially Mackenzie Gore if you even consider him to be a prospect anymore but i mean like the future's looking brighter than it did like on monday but at the same time man shit sucks like the the next guy like the next guys that we got like that we got are josiah gray Luis Garcia, and this guy named Kay Cavalli, who should be coming up to pitch sometime later this season. The next hope is – our only hope from here is that our new ownership actually puts some value into into keeping them because with Mike Rizzo and the Learners, we were only able to keep one guy. We were able to keep our guy one time, and he is – injured to hell and back so yeah man ba- basically god hates my team
1: i don't uh, it, it still baffles me how you paid strass all of all of that money and even before you know he won world series mvp and he had that really great postseason strass could not stay on the field
2: i mean no no we paid him after that we paid him after the MVP.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, but that's what I was saying. Right? So,
2: it's, so it's like that. That's why that deal made sense because it's like, if nothing else, you can't let the reigning World Series MVP just walk out the door for nothing. Shit, the Astros but, did it?
1: I mean, not the Astros. The uh, the uh, the uh, Braves just did it.
2: The Braves did it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so plays
2: plays plays for the Marlins now. They gonna get what's coming to them. They go they gonna get what's coming. You you can't like you can't just let the the reigning World Series MVP go.
4: Shoot, but it, it, it's hard, you know. I'm
1: like just seeing just watching Juan Soto grow in front of your very eyes. And the reason why, you know, just for me, why this Juan Soto trade hurts more than Bryce Harper leaving is because
4: when Bryce Harper left,
1: Rizzo said, the reason why we are okay with letting him walk is because look at the guy that's coming up behind him and Juan Soto and not even two years later, you done traded him. Well, but, but what I will say is you mentioned Mackenzie Gore. Um, you mentioned uh, Kay Cavalli. Um, CJ Abrams is pretty good. He did well, you know, in relief of uh, of uh, Tatis. Um. Someone told me that Luke Voigt is just a glorified Joey Gallo. So we'll see. So we'll see about that. Um, he got two hits tonight okay so he's not a glorified joey gallo but he was but he was part of those yankee bombers so you got a dude that can hit absolute nukes and there's a dude that they've been talking about i think his name is jason wood and he is 6'7, 240 and he hits absolute bombs so like you said, Evan, the, the the future is bright, but it it just it really
4: doesn't have to be this way, but it is.
1: But hey, Mark, how you feel about uh how you feel about Synagard? How how is uh, he doing today? Um, I didn't see today though.
3: But Four earned was- runs. Yeah, but I definitely Phillies definitely need a pitching because it's so funny when we made that trade for bro, That same night, the Braves like whipped us like nine to one. So it it was due pitching was definitely due for the Phillies because we've been mid all season, and honestly, I I, we did all we really could because I wasn't really expecting the Phillies to do much by the trade deadline considering like who we already have in our roster and how much we're we're paying Harper. So, but Mm -hmm. pitching was definitely uh, a necessity and um. I believe we won. We won last night. Uh, I don't know what, what. I can check what we're doing down though. But yeah, I expect our pitching to be much better because that's like I'll our main. All five to
2: four in a, in a rain delay.
3: Yeah, five to four. Yeah, we are. So we are playing y'all tonight. yep. But yeah, um, because that's really what we've been struggling at all season is pitching. We'll be up like five runs and then just out of nowhere in one inning, we'll give up like five runs or six runs and let teams come back all because of like terrible pitching. So yeah, man hopefully we can uh stay solid our um you know our defense can stay pretty solid not be a glass wall and we can actually like you know make up for like you know all like the big like big time hitters we have in our uh, roster because yeah man because our we just we're just too good like have too good of a roster on paper just to be like you know where we're at right now and i'm happy that Gene Segur is back so that's definitely like a plus for us like thank goodness He's, <laughs> like, got activated back on the roster and hopefully Harper comes back at some point because he said he is definitely expected to come back at some point of his season um with his uh messed up thumb. So yeah, it is some light at the tunnel for the Phillies at this point of the season. There's still some light for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I, I
1: kind of like some of the moves that um y'all made. Um, and I definitely understand the whole uh you know, up five runs and then your bullpen gives up six and and now you got to fight back and then you don't fight back or you fight back and then you give up three runs and now you lose. Boston Red Sox season in a nutshell. So I, I totally understand that. Um, what moves do you, outside of, you know, the obvious big one being Juan Soto, what moves surprised you and what and what teams moved that needle to World Series contention?
2: The Padres then went out and got everybody. Like, long story short, they got everybody
1: yeah we're yeah we to yeah where to smiles they are trying to be the dodgers 2.0 and shoot like something that i've said about the nba gms man if you're gonna go for it go for it do whatever you got to do to get it and that's what the padres did they got the best reliever in baseball the best young hitter in in um, in um in um baseball and two of the most underrated hitters in in on um, baseball in Drury and Bell. So that that's what did it for um for for me. I will say this: a move that surprised me was Harrison Bader going to the Yankees. I knew that I liked what the Yankees did in terms of uh you know, they they bolstered up their pitching staff and they got a few more bats. But getting Bader, like, come on now. You're about to have an outfield that you can rotate of Stanton, Benintendi, Judge, who doesn't have to play center field any any anymore, Hicks, Carpenter, and Bader. That's going to be ridiculous. Ridiculous. The Yankee, the Yankees are another team that's saying we tired of, of the no World Series in thirteen years jokes. So, big ups to them.
3: Yeah, I got my list already. I'm actually ready this time.
0: <laughs> I bet. I am not ready,
3: so I'm going to go last.
1: That's fine. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go after. I'm gonna go after Mark.
3: All right, I'm going to go first. All right, so I'm going to say it in order. Let me pull up my list. So at number one, I have Derrick Henry. At number two, I have Jonathan Taylor. At number three, I have Nick Chubb. Number four, I have uh, Alvin Kamara. Number five, I have Dalvin Cook. Number six, I got Joe Mixon. Number seven, I have uh, Christian McCaffrey. Eight, I have Austin Eckler. Nine, I have Zeke. And 10, I have uh, Najee Harris.
4: Oh, I don't, I don't hate that. I
1: don't.
3: Yeah, it was kind of hard. Yeah, it was kind of like a hard to put CMC at a like top up there because, you know, he's, you know, health and everything. Just, but yeah, but yeah, when he's on the field, it's just, he's just that good. He really could be like top three, honestly. If he could just stay healthy. Top two, honestly.
1: Um. All right, so I'll, I'll go. So number one, I got John Taylor. Number two, I have Derek Henry. Number three, I have Nick Chubb. Number four, I have Alvin Kamara. Number five, I have Dalvin Cook. Number six, I have Austin Eckler. Number seven, I have Christian McCaffrey. Number eight, I have I have Ezekiel Elliott. Number nine, I have Antonio Gibson, and at number ten. I have a Najee Harris. I respect that
2: Number one is Jonathan Taylor. Number two, Derrick Henry. Number three, Alvin Kamara. Number four, Dalvin Cook. Number five, I'm putting Austin Eckler. At number six. Hmm. Oh, shit. I forgot somebody. All right. So number three is Nick Chubb. Or everybody else moved down one. So Alvin Kamara, four.
1: Damn, second week in a row.
2: Yeah, my brain just be forgetting shit
1: sometimes.
2: (laughs) Alvin Kamara, four. Damn, who else did I say before?
0: This is why I just pulled up up a list. Yeah, Dalvin
2: Cook, five. And then um, Austin Eckler, number six. At number seven. At number seven. I'm going to go Um, at number seven. I think I'm going to go with Najee Hurst. And then at number eight, at number eight, fucking Antonio Gibson. At number nine, at number nine, Shit, Mark, I'm gonna give your guys some love. Um Miles Sanders. And at number 10, Christian McCaffrey, only because of the injuries. Only because that man can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm.
1: I appreciate the Miles Sanders one. That that's that's somebody like like for me, he's right outside my top 10. I feel like if if Sirianni uses him more, if he learns from the second half of last season. And uses Miles Sanders more, it will make Jalen hurt so much better, which will make the team so much better.
0: Whew. All right. Agreed. All right. I think I got my list together. So I was just kind of going. This is last minute, y'all. So don't, 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 don't be too crazy on me. All right. Number one is Jonathan Taylor. Number two is Austin Eckler. Number three is Derrick Henry. Number four is Christian McCarthy. Number five is Najee Harris. Number six is Alvin Kamara. Number seven is Joe Mixon. Number eight is Nick Chubb. Number nine is David Montgomery. Number 10 is DeAndre Swift. This is literally me throwing a last minute, like literally just within the last two minutes.
1: The only reason why I'm not getting mad is because I know that you've been put on the spot. That's the only reason why I'm not getting mad that, that Ezekiel Elliott is not up there. And then that's also how I'm gonna let you get away with putting Austin Eckler at, at uh number two and sneaking DeAndre Swift in in, in there. Although I'm play I put
3: David Montgomery oh, at top 10. Although,
1: bro. although, yeah. although, wait, wait, Montgomery was he before he got hurt, before he got hurt, he was he he was solid. Oh yeah, I, like, I agree. I like, I like, I like, I like DeAndre Swift too. Mm-hmm. He was he was a, he was another one. I think he had gotten injured, and you know he and that's why he kind of fell off. But again, I know I know I know it was on the spot, so I'm not gonna give you hell for it. Not gonna give you hell for it. I, I, although I cringed when I didn't hear Ezekiel Elliott, but it's but it's but it's okay. It's, it's okay. But I do have a question for for um Evan and Mark. Which running back do you see making the
4: biggest jump?
2: The biggest jump out of any running back? Um that's a good question. I oh, have a wait. good one. Wait, wait, oh, wait, I got it. Go. I got it. Got it. J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, easy answer. That's a good
3: mm-hmm. one because
2: honestly, we can put a whole attribute
3: really, we could put a whole asterisk behind that whole Baltimore backfield, honestly, because I feel as though any one of those Baltimore running backs could have been, like – I almost man, put him honestly, on my list, but I didn't want yeah. to be biased. You can I mean, but I was basing it off, like – really, I was basing off, really, my list. I was basing off, of, like, last season, but I saw the production off last season, mm-hmm. honestly. That's why, I, that's why I respected when y'all put Jonathan Taylor. I won because, really, when Derrick Henry uh, went down, Jonathan Taylor was the best back. But mm-hmm. as far as, like, the back with, like, running backs with the serious league, i got well, the team I'm looking at right now, uh, Josh Jacobs with, in Vegas. I think he's underrated with the Raiders. Look out for Josh Jacobs, bro, because he is pretty explosive. And I feel as though he's going to be, like, a big factor in that uh, loaded AFC West, that Raiders uh, running game, bro. Like, we, we've seen him, like, how efficient he can be. And he can honestly, he's, like, really, to me, like, a top 15, top 20 running back in the league at a young age. So, yeah, be on the lookout for Josh Jacobs to have a probably a big breakout year. And definitely probably in fantasy, shoot.
1: Shoot, Josh, shoot. Josh Jacobs is in a contract year, too, so he has incentive to ball out.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> He got incentive. Sure, we all know how
0: good, players bro. be in a contract year, man. They they try to get that money, trying to get the next contract. Man,
3: the Raiders, they're going to be a fun team. Just looking at them, the Hall of Fame game, but their roster is stacked. But, yeah, that's my running back. A, Look at Josh
4: Jacobs. So. I'm gonna go with uh shoot. I got a couple, but I'm gonna only choose one. Both are, yeah. It, I'm staying in the NFC East. I'm gonna say.
1: I'm gonna say Antonio Gibson, man. I think he makes a big because he he's he's another one that's pretty that's pretty underrated. That he don't. Him like like him and Terry don't get much love because of the team that that they that they uh that they uh play for. But when you look at what they've had to deal with, well, you know, the offensive line for the commanders isn't the best. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not the best. And then you look at who's been throwing Terry the ball, like so. I'll say I'll say Antonio Gibson. I was really gonna put like Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, and Tony, um, Tony, um, Tony Pollard, but
3: oh, another back, um, also in Denver, Javante Williams in Denver, (laughs) bro. He's gonna be another one. Yup, be on the lookout for him. Honestly, the NFL is so stacked for running backs, but yeah, Javante Williams is really that Denver backfield. You could say him and Melvin Gordon. They can possibly have some pretty good years. Cause
1: you want to talk about second year running backs, Michael Carter.
3: Oh yeah, and Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. Bro, we're actually seeing a pretty good league of running backs right now in the NFL. Right. Let's hope they can all stay healthy. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of like stack like talent at the running back position for sure. Like I really hope these teams really utilize that run game because all these running backs can like just break out, like have pretty big years if they just can just get uh you know reps and everything. But yeah, it's a couple of running backs that can have a big lead, like shoot, I said Josh Jacobs, Javante uh, Williams, yeah. Michael Carter, it, it's it's a lot, man. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Antonio Gibson. Yep, for sure. I feel as all Antonio Gibson. He's another one, like, health and everything. If he could stay healthy, he could definitely – I would have put him in my top ten, honestly, because that Washington uh backfield, honestly, much as we talk about, you know, clown Washington, that backfield was actually underrated, too, with him and J.D. McKissick. So, yeah. You do got McKissick. Ooh, that's going to be nice. hmm yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy, though, because, like, the NFT. Like, just, I don't know, the M.C. East is pretty stacked with talent, man. It really is. It's just such a crazy division, but we have, like, really, like, one of the most stacked divisions, honestly, in football, like, I talent-wise.
1: need the Giants to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sick of seeing Daniel Jones. Give us Jimmy. We'll give them Jimmy.
3: I feel it's so funny you mentioned Jimmy G. He may even end up being in Cleveland. That's still a possibility with everything going on there. He might end up being in Cleveland, bro. <laughs> Honestly, in Cleveland, that would make more sense because they have um, the most to work. Jimmy G would have the most to work with in Cleveland, honestly. Nice. And I, that team would still be – I feel like the Browns, they will be in a good position if they actually get Jimmy G with everything going on. Like, that would actually be happy as a Browns fan if they somehow trade for Jimmy G. But, hey, that's still in question with the Niners considering they just paid Debo. Browns are so, shameless too, but that's another for another – <laughs> Hey, Brown, at least I have a top three running back Browns, man. At least I got Nick Chubb, you know. Hey, that's all I got to
4: say.
1: Uh, yeah, but y'all got anything new y'all want to say before we close out? Premier League is back tomorrow, and guess who kicks it off? Arsenal does, and what's going to happen is we're going to start off our title run tomorrow, and we're going to beat the shit out of Crystal Palace.
3: <laughs> fantasy football is back. Fantasy football season. Get them leagues started. Download them apps. Fantasy football is coming. It's right around the corner. I cannot wait.
2: I'm at Commander's practice on, on Saturday, so if y'all seen the FedEx Field, don't be afraid to say hi. <laughs> all
0: right. Continue. Thank you for the continued support, the love, all the adoration. I really do appreciate it. It means a lot. Man, we're getting closer closer to episode 100. We're getting closer and closer to two years, y'all. Yeah, I believe it's about to be two years since we started this, man. What a journey. Just a few more months. Yeah, because we started literally in December of 2020. It's about to be December 2022, bro. In f- just four months. That's crazy. Like, time has been flying. But... <laughs> It's been quite a journey. It's been amazing. Y'all have been holding us down this entire time. We appreciate it. I hope this trade keeps going, man. It ain't about to stop. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for all checking in. Hope everybody has a beautiful, blessed week. Lovely week. Accomplish some great dreams. Do some wonderful things. And we are out. We'll catch y'all next time.